0: Hello. If you are into conversations that are habitually disruptive, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian, the Speakeasy Edition. I feel like lately I've been starting a lot of episodes with, I was talking on my Instagram about, but... It is kind of where a lot of these conversations are born out of. So we're just going to roll with it. I was talking on my Instagram recently just about some heaviness and some darkness that not only like myself and my family have been experiencing, but also a lot of the people that we do life with. And then according to my Instagram, a lot of you as well. I got on my stories and just shared kind of these thoughts about I don't know what it is. I'm not trying to get online and pretend to be a prophet. I just know that I feel heavy. I know that I feel restless. I know that like I feel less safe sometimes, which we're going to talk about. And I know that my kids are more restless. I know that people that I know that have never had panic attacks in their lives are starting to have them. And like, what's going on here? Not in an alarmist way, not even in like a fear mongering way, but just in a, hey, Are we on the same page? Because I'm kind of struggling. Are you okay? And I was sitting at lunch with a friend, and she's expressing all of those same things, that her home has just felt chaotic, and she feels like her kids can't rest or catch a break or get well, and she's feeling anxious, and like her wheels are spinning. And this was honestly very out of character for me. This Honestly, this whole episode's kind of out of character for me, but maybe it's a new character. I said, have you thought about the spiritual element of any of that? And her jaw fell open because she was like, I didn't even think of that. You know, and I started expressing to her what I was just telling you about an increase in panic attacks for people and anxious energy and kids and all that kind of stuff. And she was like, you know, I think you really may be onto something. And she texted me later. She was supposed to go run errands. And she had, in fact, gone home and like prayed over her home and played worship music. And she was like, I already feel better. And that story for some of you, you're like, Okay, that's kind of weird, but is it? That's really the heart of this episode. Is it weird? Or has the American church kind of lost the thread on this? So, the American church kind of tends to fall on this extreme spectrum about what we're going to call the unseen realm spirituality, powers, principalities, the things that you can't see. The two ends of the spectrum are essentially don't talk about it at all, or It's the only thing we talk about. And I am actually not coming at this from a place that I think that either end of that spectrum are right or wrong. I think that there is a lot of goodness to be found in the middle of those two extremes. I'm not even actually saying like if you don't ever talk about it or you do talk about it all the time that you're right or wrong. I think it can be a different fit for everybody. What I can tell you is that for most of my adult life, I have leaned very much on the don't talk about it side. I personally now attribute that to growing up in the church and in the Bible Belt, where these really insane stories from the Bible are just, you grew up with them. It's all you've ever known that, yeah, God flooded the whole earth and this dude built a boat. It's Noah, right? Or even boil it down to the basis of our belief system, what we just celebrated this weekend. Yes, I believe that a man. Died on a cross, and then three days later his friends went to check on his body and he wasn't there. And there is a count of a whole bunch of people seeing him walking around, touching the holes in his hands. Y'all, that's crazy. Now I wholeheartedly believe it. It's a crazy that I believe, but it's crazy, right? Is it really that big of a stretch to go a little bit further and be like, hey, There's powers and principalities. There's this whole unseen realm around me that I may not be able to see with my eyes, but I can discern with my spirit that I can interact with in the spiritual realm. Is that really that crazy? Because reading the Bible through the lens of someone who is just discovering it is an incredible experience. Cannot recommend enough. And what it will do is open your eyes to what you're encountering now. You cannot read about a man talking to a bush or a tree that is on fire, and that fire is telling him, go into this country where your people are enslaved, and I'm going to help you set them free. What? Go back and read that story through the lens of someone who didn't grow up with this, if you did grow up with it. Or if in any capacity the Bible has lost its mystery and it's lost its wonder. Because that is a truly crazy story, even back then. It's not because we've been pulled into 2023 that it's crazy. That was crazy back then. That was not like this common occurrence. So if we believe all of those things, if you are a believer of Christ, if you believe in a virgin birth, in a perfect life, in the death and resurrection of Christ, if you believe the stories about Noah and about Jonah and about Moses... Why couldn't you believe that there can be times in history of more extreme unrest in the spiritual realm, in the unseen? I'm going to read you just a couple of verses that talk implicitly about the unseen realm that we interact with. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. And it says, For by this our ancestors were approved. Faith is the manifestation of what you're hoping for. Faith is proof of what you can't see, of what you know was done, and what you know is going on all around you all the time, right? 2 Corinthians 4.18 says that we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Um, I don't know about you, but I am really good at focusing on what is right in front of me and what I can see and what I can touch and what I can do and have to train myself and have recently had to start putting way more effort into focusing on what is not seen, on what is going on around me in a spiritual realm, what God has for me and for my family, what he has next. That takes effort. And this Bible verse says, we aren't even supposed to focus on what we can see, but on what we can't. And if scripture is telling us to focus on what is unseen, then that means that not only is there an unseen realm, but it is really important for us to focus on. You've probably heard Ephesians 6 12 a lot, but I'm going to read it to you again. And I want you to just like slow down and listen to it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil. Spiritual forces in the heavens. And then it goes, this is the section titled Christian Warfare, and it goes on to tell you how to prepare and how to put on the full armor of God. But you're not even going to armor up if you are not acknowledging that our struggle is not against your crazy mother in law. It's not against liberals that disagree with you. Your battle is against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers spiritual forces in the heavens if you say that too loudly in the church they're gonna look at you like a cuckoo but it's in the freaking bible and I am still like right alongside you trying to figure out how to reconcile the two because I can't read that verse in Ephesians that tells me your brother and people that disagree with you aren't your enemy it's evil now a necessary caveat I think to make is that I do believe that evil uses people for its forces and its causes, just like good does. So in that sense, evil is working through people the same way God is working through people. But that still doesn't mean that that person is my enemy. What they believe and who they're being ruled by is. Does that make sense? If you go back to 2 Corinthians, Paul tells the church in Corinth in chapter 10, he says, For although we live in the flesh, we don't wage war according to the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. That is one heck of a call on your life. If what Paul is telling the church, the global church, and the church in Corinth is get out there and demolish the arguments and the things that are raised up against God. Are we doing that? As the church globally, as us individuals, are we doing that? Now you'll notice, and this is a self-check as well, it says we demolish arguments, not people. We aren't demolishing the people that make the arguments. We're going for the jugular. We're going for the lies, and we're telling people the truth. And it is really easy in today's culture to get stuck on demolishing the people that are making the arguments instead of the arguments that stand against God. So what do we know about the unseen realm? We know that faith that you feel in your chest that is proof of the unseen realm. We know that the unseen is more important than what you can see in front of you. And we know that our fight is in the unseen, not on earth, and it's against dark evil spiritual forces and we do that by demolishing arguments that stand pridefully up against God and his truth. And I will admit that I have a tendency to get distracted in this fight, because I do believe that policy matters. I believe that theology matters, but at the end of the day, are you more focused on the policy, on the interpretation of the Bible verse? Are you more obsessed with your brother's sin or? Do you have your eyes set on what is unseen so that you can be in tune with what's going around you so that when that stuff kicks up, that when I like to think of it as Satan thrashing around because he doesn't have any real power amongst believers, can you see that and identify it for what it is or are you so distracted and overwhelmed and discouraged in your life that it just feels like one more hit that's coming? And like I said at the beginning of the episode, I have for a really long time lived on the end of the spectrum that didn't acknowledge really the spiritual, the negative spiritual, I guess. I think it's easier for us to say good things happen to us because God makes them happen, but we are very unsure about how much or if we are allowed to like give credit or acknowledge that there are negative spiritual forces and that we're up against those as well. And I just wanna see us find and take the permission to not go so far that everything is the devil's fault. Like you have discernment, you have the Holy Spirit, open that door and let's start having that conversation. So let me tell you what I have been doing recently in the feeling of unrest and the feeling of heaviness and just feeling like there is Rumbling in the spiritual realm right now and the very first thing is acknowledging that it's going on Which probably is the hardest step for a lot of people giving credit when it's due Looks like wisdom when you're using discernment and that really can be as simple as just saying Maybe this is spiritual oppression Maybe this is spiritual battle. Maybe this is spiritual attack and asking the holy spirit to guide you in that Because sometimes it's not. Like sometimes you just don't feel good or sometimes you just feel uneasy. But if you always chalk it up to just, do you miss the opportunity to join with God and some of the purpose that he's given you in functioning in the unseen? So acknowledging it really comes first. The next thing for me has been learning. I don't admittedly know a ton about the unseen realm, a ton about spiritual attack, and therefore feel very ill-prepared to navigate it, to step into it, to understand it. I've been reading a lot of Chip Ingram and a lot of Michael Heiser with a grain of salt. Like, I don't believe in reading anybody's literature. I don't want you to read or listen to my content. I don't want to read or listen to other creators and say that they are 100% right on everything. And I think that We have a tendency to shut out people that we disagree with, and then we miss the opportunity to learn from them about the things that they are right about. Because more often than not, people, they are right about some things. You don't have to get all the things right all the time for me in order to listen to you and to learn from you. So, those two authors, if you grew up in the Bible Belt where we don't really talk a lot about spiritual stuff, we're real comfortable talking about. The creation story and how wild that is. But today, in current days, talking about spiritual attack and spiritual elements, we get real uncomfy. These books are going to push you a little bit. It is important to me that you hear me saying that I don't just wholeheartedly, fully throw my support behind these names and agree with everything that they say and have adopted their theology. I'm not saying that at all. I am simply saying that learning from them has broadened my understanding and has pushed me to study parts of scripture that I have for a very long time ignored or omitted. And I don't think that that is how the Bible is meant to be used or viewed. So acknowledging that there is an unseen realm, learning about that realm. Okay, this next one makes me kind of nervous to tell you out loud, but it's the podcast, so it's fine. I have, in the last month or so, started anointing and praying over my home and my children. The concept of anointing, of using oils to cover something and pray over it, is all throughout scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, and it's considered a spiritual discipline and it's considered a spiritual practice, and I'm not doing it like every day, but I have a bottle of frankincense oil, and I will put that on my fingers, and I will pass it over the doorways to my home, to certain areas of my home, and I just allow the Holy Spirit to guide me in prayer for those areas. More often than not, it is a prayer of replacing or trading chaos for peace when we have let chaos or The crazy of the world kind of seep into our sanctuary, our home where we should be able to come to rest and hear God more clearly and feel safe, I will lay hands on my home and I will pray over it and I will remind the enemy that he has no space and no power in these four walls or within the people who live here. And I'm just not going to lie to you, it makes a difference. When I'm consistent with that, like, my kids sleep better. This isn't a sleep training tip. I'm just telling you what happens for my family. And there have been times where it's kind of weird or kind of uncomfortable. But again, we're talking about the unseen. We are talking about the spiritual elements of our walk with Christ. If you feel stuck on how to pray those things or how to bless or anoint your home, I would tell you to flip to number six and pray verses 23 through 27, the priestly blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. In this way, I pronounce your name over my home and ask you to bless us. It's like a variation of it. When it feels like too much, when I don't feel particularly eloquent, I use that as a template and then ask the Holy Spirit to lead the rest of the way and he has not failed me yet. The last thing that I wanted to tell you and again this is not prescriptive I am simply telling you what I am doing. I'm just sharing some life with you is recognizing elements that I haven't before. This was kind of where I was going with the bit on my social media where we were talking about this is to deny that there are outside elements that we can Physically see that may also be interacting in a spiritual realm is, I think, closed minded. To completely omit scientific data that we have about the ways that the moon affects our body, like that's biology. That's not New Age. The episode that I did about New Age talks about this. In our attempt to distance ourselves as much as possible from New Ageism, we have left behind things that were ours to take. God created the moon. God created our bodies as 60% water and created the moon to impact water and the tides. Do you think that's an accident? You think that's woo-woo? You think that's new age? No, I think that's God. And it's just one more beautifully complex way that he has made his nature known in his children. I don't think that we can, like, gloss over the fact that Easter, Ramadan, and Passover were all... Coinciding this year, and that happens like three times a century. That's nuts. All the religions that, in some form or fashion, worship the God of Abraham, the God that this Bible talks about, that also tells me about spiritual forces, that us celebrating that probably pisses off. Why wouldn't that be a little nuts in the unseen realm? And that's like big picture. If you want to talk about America, you have a trans person shooting Christians last week and nobody wants to call it what it was. You have actual Christians out there saying, I mean, we don't know all the facts. It wasn't a hate crime. I mean, okay, if that's the direction, if if you want to put your head in the sand, go for it. But the rest of us are looking around going, things are getting bad. The trans narrative, the woke narrative is louder. It is barreling down on us worse than ever. And the church is at a crossroads because in my opinion right now, the church and the trans narrative are playing this kind of terrifying game of chicken where each other's inherent foundational beliefs refute the other, reject the other, and we don't know how to coincide right now. And that's really difficult. Obviously, you want to see the church show up to the conversation with love and with grace, but how far is too far? How much ground are we willing to give to lies in order to make people comfortable? I would say that all of that contributes to the unseen realm, to spiritual unrest, to spiritual attack, to Christians feeling heavier and weighted as this narrative grows in popularity in culture, right? So my question at the end of the day is why the American church doesn't want to take those things into account more? Is it because we don't want to sound crazy? Because I think that ship has sailed. We are telling people that a virgin gave birth to a guy that was God and man, who lived a perfect life, died on a cross, took on my sins this last weekend, died, and then rose from the grave, came back to life, and went to heaven. That's crazy. I believe it. Again, with everything that I have. But when you hear it like that, you're okay with saying that. But like the idea that the moon impacts our emotions is crazy. Or that there is a very spiritual attacking war feeling going on around us in multiple different countries. We can't talk about that. That's doing us a disservice. Because if you're not paying attention to the cosmic powers around you, you're not going to put your armor on. If you don't put your armor on, you're not going to make it very far in the battle that is already waging around you. Now, luckily, we know how it ends. We know who wins. But I don't want you to be collateral damage. I don't want you to get obliterated in the process. And that is the course that you are on if you refuse to acknowledge what is going on in the heavenlies and acknowledge that as believers, we have the ability to engage in that world and be more than conquerors, like scripture tells us that we are. That is your lot in life, that is your inheritance. Pick it up, join the fight.